0: On and welcome back to the rockman power hour a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture my name is jason rockman this is my co-host ryan stick ryan before we get too far let's remind people like and subscribe so important to us if you are enjoying the podcast and we are getting so many emails messages all kinds of stuff from people saying we're loving you guys we're loving what you're doing we appreciate it and please remember to subscribe to the YouTube page if you are watching us on YouTube because that will help you get alerted and you will not miss out on content. So like, subscribe, leave comments. We appreciate all of it. And we really, really appreciate you being alongside this journey with us on the Rockman Power Hour. Click the bell. Click the bell. Yeah. Click the bell. That's it. Do what the young kids do. Click the
1: bell. Um I'm going (laughs) to click
0: something else besides the bell. I'm going to click the heartbeat hot sauce bell.
1: There you go. Ding 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 ding. It's a good bell to have. I got corn got the corn hot sauce here to slay Already
0: yeah I, I sent a message the other day to try to get some of that sold out so they're doing something right Ooh. new batches coming though but check out heartbeat hot sauce they've got so many different ones you can try i'm holding up the ryan ellis this has become one of my fast favorites i've already gone through a bottle of this i'm going to go crack this one open after and put this on some of my cauliflower wings Really, really good stuff. Uh, small batch fermenters out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. And if you use our promo code ROCKMAN20, you'll get 20% off your entire order. And you can use it over and over and over again. Don't think it's a one-time use code. You can use it over and over again. So thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce. And thank you to our friends at Studio House Designs. Ryan, you were wearing the Itchy the Killer shirt. I love it. And I love how Ryan rocks the long sleeves. So you've got all that fun stuff going on
1: on your sleeve. And you got yeah, something. that's what people say about my arms. They don't have a lot of muscles, but they're fun looking. You know, <laughs> so,
0: so check them out at studiohousedesigns.com. Oh, got to give a shout out to my buddy at Holy Mountain Printing. He sent me this Doom shirt. You know, I'm a big fan of Doom. And yeah. uh, I, I got this in the mail today. And I love Doom. So thank you for that. Really, really rad. Love t-shirt companies. They're great. So um, definitely support Holy Mountain Printing and, and support Studios who've been with us since the beginning. Was you. He is our guest today. Not a household name necessarily for people that aren't into hip hop, but a lot of people might know him under his other alias, which is Jean-Baptiste. And <laughs> this guy is so funny. I love when someone is able to bring a comedic character to life through Instagram, through TikTok, because we are, um, like one of our guests in the past said, or one of our guests probably coming up in the future, depending when we're doing this, but we did speak to a guy named Mark from Suicide Silence, and he referred to his as doom scrolling yeah just scroll scroll and sometimes when you're scrolling through you will find people that do funny stuff and you'll 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 like accounts and that's exactly how I discovered you was through his character Jean-Baptiste hilarious take on living in Montreal um with someone who is an a, a sovereignist who is uh, of Haitian descent lives in Montreal is francophone does not want to hear any english and he uses the the terms like "fuck you English," the Quebec," "is and it's just so funny because it's so tongue in cheek. Because when you talk to this guy, he's perfectly bilingual. He yeah. raps in English. Yeah. He doesn't subscribe to that at all. He just wants to make he, he, it social commentary. And it's great. It's really really good. As someone and as someone who lives in Montreal, who works in French and in English, who's comfortable in both languages, who embraces both cultures, um I think it's great when we can laugh at ourselves because that's something that's lacking in the world now. So Ryan, was you really funny? Um, we watched a clip. Do you, do you want to watch? Do you want to play the clip now? Why don't we play the clip now so people can get an idea what he's all about? Okay, so we found this clip. It's Wasu playing his character Jean-Baptiste, and this is like a fake news report in a CTV Stephen Giroux kind of voice on him. So check this out. Meet
2: Jean-Baptiste, the self-proclaimed leader of the Quebec sit Fuck You English Movement, with his polarizing views and opinions. He's become a sensation on the internet. He spends his days in the streets of Montreal preaching his gospel in the hopes that someday he will convert the world.
1: (laughs) Right? A really great guy. One of my favorite interviews that you've ever done. He's gonna say something along the lines of it's a very polarizing comedy sometimes where people really take it seriously. And that's just credit to him as a great actor. Like his yeah. eyes are selling the lunacy that he's that he's saying, and it's um it's humor that is deeply appreciated when you're a Quebecer. But at the same yeah. time, I think kind of like Trailer Park Boys, this humor, if understood correctly, can be international.
0: Yes, and I think um, I think people are going to enjoy this. So, without any further ado, here's our conversation with Wasiu. Nice to meet you. You've been making me laugh for fucking a few years now.
2: <laughs> Appreciate it. Nice to meet you too.
0: Um, dude, like, you're really funny. And and, and it's funny how, um, you know, every once in a while, you'll find somebody online that's doing something that just really, really makes you laugh. And um, there's a couple of people online now that are doing things that I just find are are incredible. And you're one of them. Um, and and I, I reached out to you a couple of times. And I noticed right away you responded, you know, you were, you were, you were pretty good about responding. And I was like, dude, this is fucking great. My wife and I are dying. And you're like, Dance. cause I think what's, what's great about this character that you have. Um, and, and the other thing is there's so many sides to you, but th- this, this character of, of Jean-Baptiste is really, really funny because he can be very polarizing in one way. Like there's some yeah. people that don't get Montreal. Like I'm a Montrealer. I've lived here my whole life. Um, you know, my wife's Francophone. I'm bilingual. I I understand Montreal. Like I I identify, I don't identify as a Canadian. I don't identify as a Quebecer. I identify as a Montrealer. And that's the that
2: that's, and that's, that's is the thing ex- my, my manager used to say that. He's like, Yeah, this whole French Francophone Quebec identity thing. I'm a Montrealer. I don't know anything else about the rest. So. right. And that's
0: and that's the first thing that spoke to me as soon as I saw this, I go, this guy gets it, and he's a Montrealer. And he and he understands because there's people that are that seriously feel the way you feel as that character. And there's some people that will latch onto that. Like I I work in radio. Uh, I work at at Shoma. I'm I'm an announcer at Shoma. We have a a, a talk station called CJAD, which is, you know, the longest running English talk station in Canada. And um, a lot of the callers that will call in there, I'll call them the Angrophones. (laughs) <laughs> because language issue to them is very important you know on the other yeah. side of it where for them they feel like they're getting pushed out of their home and they grew up here so there's such a, a tension that that exists in Quebec and I find that this character really really captures exactly how a lot of people feel and how a lot of people look at this as absolutely ridiculous so first of all I want to ask you how did that character come to 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 be and how much fun are you having with it
2: um so right so during the pandemic so this is like early 2020 uh and then um i was talking to my manager and he was just like yo me and this other guy he manages like yo y'all gotta hop on tiktok actually he he told us that before the pandemic like end of 2019 yeah i tried to do a few things but like i wasn't really with it i i didn't really know like how it worked i felt like it was kids So I just kind of let the moment slip. And then once the pandemic hit, everybody started hopping on TikToks. I felt like I missed my opportunity. So then I started doing like what was trending. I was trying to figure out how I could catch one. And I didn't really know how that would work. And then um, I was trying a lot of different things. It wasn't really working. And then finally I did uh, this one TikTok where it was like uh, one day living in Quebec, a week living in Quebec. And then at the end, the Jean-Baptiste character before I named him, it was just like, uh fuck you ain't blah, 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 whatever. Right. And then um, yes, yeah, so but once that started happening, that that really worked. And then I started pushing it again, see if it would stick. And then it kind of worked. And I was just talking in my uh in my group chat with my manager and my and uh, the other uh, artists he manages, and I'm like started creating a, a backstory. I'm like, oh, this guy's uh his name's Jean-Baptiste, and he's you know what I'm saying, he's black, but like he's a the whole the whole character kind of emerged out of a joke, and I'm like, oh yeah, let me just run with it. I just yeah. kept doing it and I'm still having a lot of fun with it. At some points it's like, I kind of take a break because I'm like, oh, I, I don't know if this is it working or if I want to keep doing it, but like, I just, it, it got so much fun out and I, I always love to act. So I'm like, yeah. I kind of, I kind of use it as a way to, you know, practice my acting skills and yeah, just, just kind of having a lot of fun with it and using it to push my music too and stuff like that. So.
0: Well, and that's the other side of it. I mean, there's, you know, someone will look at you and they'll be like, who is this guy? And then they look into it and, and then they see your, an accomplished hip hop artist that tours the world, you know, and 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 that's what I think really caught my attention was I started watching a lot of your videos of Saint Jean, uh, Saint Jean, as Jean Baptiste, and then <laughs> and then I see you're like on stage in New York or you're in stage in Chicago, and I was like, holy shit, because I come from a music background. Like I used to tour the states all the time. I know how hard it is as a music artist to break into the U.S. Yeah, or internationally. So let alone, I mean, you know a lot of artists from Montreal would go play in the, you know, they play Europe, but breaking into the States, that's a whole other ball of wax. So when I saw that, I was like, man, there's a lot of sides to this guy and I got to talk to him. I got to find out what makes him tick. Um, so you, y- you discover this character, uh, you start doing these videos and you start getting reactions. Did you get any adverse reactions or what do, or, did, or did most people get where you were coming from? Did most people get the joke?
2: Um, that's a good question. It's, I don't, I don't really read the comments, uh, the com comments as much anymore, just because right. yeah, of course, there's so many. But especially yeah. when I started out, when things were starting to pick up, um, I noticed. I'd say the way I split it was like five, five, and ninety. Right, so five percent right. of people were completely against the character, thought I was a hundred percent serious. It's like yeah. I guess I'll I'll call them the anglophones now because that. That's exactly there you go. The
0: word. You can use the word. It's yours.
2: Yeah, so so that's what they were like, they were really angry, like, this is why everybody hates Quebec, Uh, frogs, and all these insults I never knew were a thing until like, I started reading the comments. So they were really, really angry. And um, yeah, so some of them from Ontario, some of them from from here, but like, the anglophones. And then another 5% were um, the people who also didn't understand that it was a joke, but they were like, we love this guy. He's 100% right. Um, and they're like defending me in the comments versus the anglophones and going crazy talking about the history. And yeah. you know, like one thing that always happens in every single one of the videos is people talking about, oh, this is why I hate the the, the Quebecois accent because it's not real French. And then lo and behold, there's always going to be that one one person that says, oh, but technically speaking, this is the actual. Um, accent in the, the the original French accent of all the, all the whole history, right? So yeah. that five percent on each side are always attacking each other and they're also the loudest. That's yeah. like 95, 90%, maybe 85 to 90% of people understand I guess a joke and like, oh this is funny. But yeah. the loudest people obviously are at the extremities So it's like it was really interesting to see people like I didn't know how polarizing it would be, but like people were really, really, really well, going
0: for it. And what's what's great about it is that it's a it's an incredible social experiment. You know, you're talking about wanting to make an impact on TikTok. Yeah, it's one thing if you're you know doing a stupid dance and all that, and that comes and goes. But <laughs> this this you're really getting. Not only are you are you making an impact, and there's a comedic element to it, but you're getting people to have real conversations. Yeah. and and I think that's what's great about it because. I've always been a believer that you shouldn't censor comedy. You should never censor comics because comedy is what keeps us kind of in line. Comedy is what, what teaches us to laugh at ourselves. And we need that. So when you start censoring comics, I think it's dangerous. And I found that it was a very bold thing to be doing in this, in this day and age, because people are so ready to cancel people for things. And when I saw you going out on a limb and going, no, I'm going to do this. I loved it. And, um, and I'm glad that you're getting, you know, the attention that you're getting on it because it's uh, it really, really is funny, man. And, and growing up in Montreal, and knowing all that, you know, especially when you do things where you're breaking down boroughs and you're being different characters in each borough. Yeah. Mean, that is just that growing up in Montreal, being someone who's lived in a lot of different areas, who's, you know, who's lived in Cartierville and Saint Laurent then lived in NDG and lived downtown and lived in the West Island. I've lived in all these places. So it really is very, very different depending on what, what area you're in. Um,
2: that, That's that's like kind of my favorite part of. The cause I'm tra- always trying to find different angles to sure you know not to make it too repetitive and that was been my favorite thing to do is having like different boroughs because me being closer to the east side of Montreal and like to the east north and like even even off off island or to the north yeah. I know a lot of people who never really other than going downtown they never really been out west like one of my homegirls like really close friends she was like yo you ever heard of uh, Notre Dame de Grasse I was like yeah of course and they're like I've never been there that's crazy. Oh and like it, they really, pe- all my friends on the east, they really have never been anywhere out west. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm. It's just fortunate for me because I mean, I used to live in Cordenez when I was a kid, but then we moved to the east, and then I kind of just stayed there. But like because I went to Dawson College, yeah, that kind of like opened up all of the different ethnicities and different cultures in Montreal. So it's like where I'm from, everyone who's black is is Haitian, like yeah, almost one hundred percent. Yeah. And then I get to Dawson, and I'm seeing people, and they're like, "I ain't Asian, you You talking about?" And they speak in English. I'm like, "Oh shoot, I forget." Like there's a whole other side of my city. So yeah. I think, so I think it's really, it was really fun. That's like my favorite part of doing it is like just the different boroughs and different. I'm, the first time I went to the West Island, I felt like I crossed the border. Like it was just like it felt like, oh man, this feels so different from the architect. Everything felt really different from where I'm from. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's just really interesting. Montreal's such a small city, but like,
0: but it's so diverse.
2: Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's
0: diverse and it's got, there's, and that's what I think is beautiful about our city is that we have so much to offer for such a small place. And, and that's what makes it unique. And and obviously having two languages that splinters into many other languages. I mean, it's, it, it, we have a lot to offer here and that's, and I think you might not have set out to do that, but I think you're giving people almost like a a snapshot into what Montreal life is like with a comedic twist to it. Um, Growing up in NDG, I remember my dad had a trucking company and um, when I would have uh, days off from high school, he would put me on a truck or uh, in elementary school, he would put me on a truck and I'd go off with, you know, uh, with Monsieur Decarie to do all our deliveries. And I remember going to PNF and going to Dick Ann's and going to all these places that all my friends in NDG were like, what? And picking <laughs> and picking up accents and, and being able to do, um, you know, being able to speak French more than most of my counterparts and being able to. Um, you know, replicate like, you know, Quebecois trucking accents and being able to curse in French. And, and I used to have so much fun with it. So I guess it kind of brings me back to what I used to do when, when I was a kid too, because I loved being able to, to just put on characters and, 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 you know, pretend that I was a trucker and roll up like you know, look, take my cigarettes and roll them up in my sleeve, my export a greens and, and, <laughs> and do all that thing, which, you know, which are very much, it's very much stereotypes, but, but stereotypes stick for a reason. And and that's what people have to realize. Like, there's a reason why there are stereotypes, because <laughs> a lot of the time there, there there are stereotypes that are rooted in some truth. And when someone's able to to bring a comedic twist to that, I think it's funny. Because again, it, it it teaches us to laugh at ourselves
2: for sure. And and that's one thing I, I've learned in doing all these things, and also just growing up being like like I'm Kibikwa. I'm born here, but like obviously my my mom's from Haiti and my dad is Nigerian. And right, a lot of a lot of uh, people of color being kibekwa is kind of like a weird in between phrase where it's like. You, you never identify as being Quebecois and you don't really belong to or identify with wherever your parents were from. So you're kind of like in this weird in-between, okay, well, I'm just a Montrealist. So I have all of these uh, cultures and ethnicities, but it's only until, it's not until you you leave the province for an extended period of time where, damn, I'm more Quebecois than I thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it it's really interesting. It's an interesting thing for people of color who are Quebecois who leave Quebec and you start like, like the lingual that you use or like the words they use or like, Things, what we like to eat, how we yeah. view things. It's right. like, oh man, I'm way more Kivikawa than I thought. And I, that's what I thought was kind of interesting with the character too. Cause it's like, it, it reminds me, I don't know if you ever watched the Boondocks, of course, but um, yeah. So it was like a Uncle Ruckus type of character. Yeah. who's was like <laughs> yeah. supremely unaware of who he is, Yeah. but yeah. you know, and then they said, so that, that's what, that's what was, was really fun about this whole thing. It's kind of like, yeah, it started off as only a joke, but you know, real things kind of s- sort of came out of it. So yeah, it's been it's been really fun, and interesting to do that. You
0: know, talking about traveling and and leaving leaving the place you grew up in. Uh, I remember one of the things that I'm a big Public Enemy fan, and one of the things that Chuck D always used to say that stuck out to me is, you know, when people ask me what's the best advice I can give a young person, and he always would say, get a passport, and use it. <laughs> and it's so true, you know, like the idea of being a citizen. He he'd always say, I'm an I'm an Earth citizen, you know, like I'm I'm a citizen of Earth. And traveling is, it's the same thing as education. You know, it's, 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 it's a luxury, but when you, when you're able to have it and you're able to push people towards it, it changes everything. 100%. It really, really does. So let me ask you a bit about your, your music because um, you got a brand new album out. You have a whole other side to you, which hasn't, you know, I don't think too much to do with Jean-Baptiste. It's, you have a hip hop, (laughs) uh, you know, um, tell me a bit about that and tell me a bit about how that started and where you're going with that.
2: Right. So I've been making music since since forever i guess since high school and then um took it more seriously i guess in 2012 when i was at dawson and stuff like that but i really started putting out music under my name you in 2015 when i had a song with uh called physical yeah and um yeah that, that's always been my first love like everything i do is because of music it's because of hip-hop and even the whole tiktok thing going up is all for the music you know like If it wasn't for me being an artist, I probably wouldn't have social media because the thought of it, I don't really like it as much. And I kind of have an addictive personality. So, like, if I get on something, I just kind of stick to it. So I'd rather stay away from it. But because of what I do, because I got to have visibility and stuff like that, so that's why I'm onto social media. So everything I did was, okay. I'll blow up in this to redirect it to the music, you know, so. Yes, I've been doing music for since forever, uh mainly in hip hop. But um in 2018, 2017, I started delving a little bit into the EDM world. Yeah. So I've been making some uh collaborating with a lot of electronic artists who are really big. And shout out to Apache. He's uh me and him have a, a record called Majesty, was amassed over 59 million streams on Spotify. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's been going crazy. He blew up on TikTok, like the sound blew up on, on TikTok and stuff like that. And he's pretty big in the electronic music scene. And uh, he's been touring a lot. He's been bringing me on tours. And now I started opening up for him too, as well as doing the four records that we had together. So yeah, honestly, hip hop is my love, my first yep. love. But um, yeah, electronic music has really been paying the bills and really been pushing this thing to go worldwide. And I, like you said, the best thing for me, honestly, is like like you said, we've been stuck on this little Montreal island for so long. Like the first time I left the continent-ish, I went to Cuba. It was like in 20, like I was 24 years old. You know, right. so like I never yeah. really traveled that much. Maybe other than the space, like go to visit family, but it's always been like a really East Coast or Montreal thing. And then uh music has allowed me to travel. You know, that, like, and that's, I went to
0: it's a beautiful thing about music and for musicians it's it, amazing. It it really is. It opens the doors for so many things
2: yeah, like, I went to Europe for the first time in my life uh, in November, and uh my head, I never thought I would want to go to Europe, I never thought I'd have fun in Europe, and it was, ended up being, like, the best time of my life, honestly, just, like, meeting people in, from, from a different country, from a different continent, and being able to connect with music, and people really appreciating the music, and it's just like, wow, people all the way out here, like, know some of my music, know some of my words, and it just, like, it just was—it was, it was a, a surreal moment, I'm like, oh, music really allowed me, like, to do all of these things, so this is why I do it for, and so I love doing, and everything I do is to reinforce that aspect of my life.
0: And it and it's great when you you know when you can actually get out and travel and and see the impact that music's had in a place where you've never even set foot in or even thought about going. Yeah, and that's where you see the tr- the power of it, and especially in the day you know the day and age that we live in now, where it. Information travels so quickly and music can travel so quickly. You know, before when you would tour, you would have to, there was so much legwork that went into touring and and prepping someone in a market. And if you didn't have radio or didn't have video support on, on whatever video outlet that was running in that country, you were done. There's no way you're going to have any, so you'd have to be an opener. But nowadays you can show up and never have played a place and have a sold out show because people know who you are through you know, the power of the internet. And that's what I do love about social media and the internet It is a great connector for so many people. And for artists, it's been a game changer because yeah, the music business blew up. And, you know, but 20 years ago, the the whole music blew, you know, with, with downloading music and with streaming and all that, it just, it just killed the music industry as we knew it from one day to the next. I mean, we went from one day, people were buying records to the next day they were on Napster, just downloading music and to see artists realizing that, Hey, I can take this power back and there's no more middleman. Like I can record music at home. I can put it out myself. I can collect revenue myself. I know the revenue, the margins are small and there's, and there's still a lot of growth to happen in that, but that power is coming back to the artists. And it's a great thing to see because you can really, really be the, you know, you can be the, the, the master of your own destiny. um, If you put the work in, which
2: is great. Absolutely.
0: Tell me a bit about the new record. I got a chance to listen to it a couple of times. The first thing that struck me, and I guess this is uh, the the marketing side of you, was the cover.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. Uh, <laughs> Tell I, I've me. Always, yeah, so I've been I've been making music for a while, like you said, and um, yeah. and I don't really have like a huge team. It's me, my manager, and a few producers that we collab with. So we've always been trying to find ways to like, we we're at a point where musically we know things are good, but it's really about okay, how do we get it out there? How sure. do we get a buzz? It's all about marketing, because, you know, being from, there's a lot of barriers being from Montreal. So one, we're Canadian, trying to go into a, an American market. Two, we're in Quebec, trying to make an English music. So it's like a whole bunch of barriers that hurt us to jump over. So we're always trying to figure out the best way to like, okay, how to get out there, how to get attention and stuff like that. And I've always been a pretty provocative person when it comes to my music. So we're like, okay, well, the covers got to be provocative as well. So you know, we we, we brainstormed some ideas, and then you know the whole concept of canyonland came about like a different conversation. And we're like, oh, let's just like really let's just go full seams ahead with the with this concept and the the cover. This where the cover came about. <laughs> had a little photo shoot, and uh, we're like, yeah, this is gonna be it's gonna be provocative, but also like there's still some artistic value into it as well. Hundred so like, percent, yeah. Always teetering that line where it's like, okay, you almost do it too much, but also I see where you're going with it. You know, so and at the end of the day, if the music was trash, then I think it would just be like a an attention grab, but like it's yes, it's like okay, look at me, look at me, but also while you're here, listen to some really good music as well, you know. So
0: and and that's the thing that I noticed right away. And and when I started seeing, you know, um, that Jean Baptiste had another side to him. Where there was this guy that actually had a hip-hop career and and he was rapping in English. I was like, holy shit, I got it. I'm I'm curious. And then when I started listening, and and I'm someone who I guess I'm of the age where I grew up like in the golden age of of hip hop. I'm 52. So for me, I was, you know, I grew up with guys that could spit. And when I heard you, I was like, holy shit, this guy's got skills. He can rap. And that's what 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 brought me to another appreciation of you. I was like, okay, there's more to this guy than just doing funny videos. And then when I heard the record, I was like, man, this this holds up with anything else that's out today. Um, I wanted to, like, so can, how old are you? I'm just curious.
2: Uh, 30, 32.
0: Okay, so what did you grow up listening to? Because when I'm listening to you, you definitely aren't influenced by much that's going on in hip hop today. No. I <laughs> <laughs> um, you hear that right away. I'm like, no.
2: Yeah, no. And also, it, I love that you picked that up too, but that was one of the, the main focuses that me and my manager were talking about. Like, our favorite era of hip hop was like the, the two thousands. Okay. And like the late nineties or early two thousands, that's really when hip hop kind of blew up and became pop to, sure. to what it is now. But like, yeah, that's our, our favorite era, favorite era of deeps. Um, One of the records in particular called gold truffles that that one was like, we were literally looking for, okay, we need like a Jeff blaze type beat. Cause this, this is what we want to go for, you know? So we really, were, were like, okay, you know what? Like I could do the modern stuff. Like the modern stuff kind of comes easy to me and I could always do it. And that's He's why modest, I like the modern stuff rec- comes
0: easy to anybody that can say two words and go. Skr-
2: <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, so I have, a, I have one or two records like that on there, but like, I really wanted to focus on, on my versatility and and really put it out there and really like, I love bars. I love to, to rap, rap. Like that's, yeah, yeah. I grew up listening to like Nas is one of my favorite rappers. Jay-Z is okay. one of my favorite rappers. Um, 50 Cent. Get Rich to Datron was the first album I ever bought my own money in 2003 at nice. Walmart, nice. I was like 12 years old. And uh, I did my research too. and out I, when, I, when I met my manager, I went back to listen to Bob Kim, I listened to a lot of Wu-Tang. So yeah. like, for me, the emphasis has always been bars and lyrics and words yeah. and how you play around with words. And that's why I love Jay-Z, I think Jay-Z is probably the best because the way he's able to just, he's very clever, he's able to flip words pretty well. And I love Biggie too because of his flow. And like, I, I just love all those late 90s, early 2000 rappers that um, th- those are really, that's what made me fall in love with music and hip hop in general. So right. I really wanted to bring some of that feel back. And uh, that was like a main focus. Like, okay. Especially then those times, like even if you think of artists like Big uh, uh, Puff, yeah. where his his uh, videos are really like colorful, like Missy Elliott and like Buster Rhymes. So that's kind of where Candyland came from as well. We're like, okay, we got to give sugar to, to the masses, but like that doesn't mean that it's going to be like a sellout type of sugar. It can be like really colorful and stuff, but like there's also really high-end Belgian chocolate. That's that's still candy and sugary, but it's a high quality, you know? So so at, at surface level, it could seem like just really colorful and really provocative and just surface level, but it's really much deeper than that. And that's why in the last uh, record on the album called Inside the Rapper, I kind of, it kind of all culminates into like those four bars where I'm talking about that, where it's like, yeah, just, just breaking down, like why I did this album, why I did it this way and what it really was and, and, and what's inside of the rapper, quote unquote, that's the name of the song. And it just, yeah, man, I just, I just love the, the early 2000s. And I really wanted to bring that back to to now because I feel like a lot of music and it because hip hop became pop. And once anything goes pop, yeah. you kind of lose you kind of lose that essence, the realness to it. You know, it just kind of like, it's all, it's all paper play. It's all, okay, well, you're a big pop artist and you got to work with other big pop artists and all the money from the labels. And it's like, it, it lost that grittiness and that, that that grit that was underneath the surface. So I kind of wanted to bring that aspect of of hip hop back, you know, so with, with these records.
0: And it also gave me, when I listen to some of it, it also gives me a bit of a Tribe Called Quest vibe too. There's, there's some fun in there, you know, and they were really, really good at being fun and almost, teetering on the pop side but yeah. still keeping it real and and um yeah man it's 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 really really good what you do and I'm glad that we got a chance to chat today because I've been curious since I first saw the fuck you english video um <laughs> I can't remember which one it was but man I was I I remember just literally dying and my wife and I would be following them waiting for the next ones next, waiting for the next ones and um and I'm glad we got a chance to chat I just wanted to ask you this really quickly I heard um, from our producer of the show that you were, you did something when you were in France about poutine. Um, and you actually got invited to a place to eat. Yeah. Tell me a bit about that story.
2: So, so basically the first time I went to France, which was in, uh, in November, I didn't have a show that I just went there with my friend while I wasn't on the European tour. Yeah, and then uh, I walked past this poutine spot where they said Mel poutine au monde," and, uh, and I like, just thought,
0: "That's just too, it's just too, it's too fucking." It, it's too good.
2: I'm in France, and you tell me Mel poutine au monde." I'm like, "Come on!" And a lot of people ask me how I come up with the video ideas, but a lot of time I'm just walking down, I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. Oh, okay, that could be a video," and I just film it and I just do it and I put it out. I put it out, and it really, a lot of French people were upset. <laughs> uh, I, what I said, a yeah. lot of a lot of Québécois people were like, "How can they, How how dare they even say that?" And come to find out, it was like, I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, I think it's a Quebecois person that opened a shop out there, and it wasn't Mel Mon, but it was like an international, uh, a Quebecois international um, award, where it's like, okay, who has the best platoon outside of Quebec?" But yeah. I was just making joke. I I didn't care. So then after all that hoopla, like it kind of went viral, and then the the, the restaurant actually DM me and said, "Yo." You should actually taste the percent. And you know, they wanted to capitalize off the, the of you know the, the whole variety of, of shit. So um yeah, they hit me up and I was I kind of wanted to try it because I'm like it could be good content as well. Sure. So I'm like, let me let me ask my followers. And then every, like 75% of people were like, nah, do not try it. So you don't didn't. do it. Stay true. And I I did it. Honestly, I didn't have time to do it. I I was gonna do it, I wasn't gonna post it because everybody told me not to my followers told me not to do it. So I didn't wanna betray them. But I was gonna try, but I didn't have time when I was out there. But um, yeah, it was it was it was pretty interesting because I've never had poutine outside of Quebec ever in my life. It's I I just I feel like it's (laughs) blasphemous. It's it is it really is. And (laughs) then, but the thing is, a lot of people actually a lot of people who tried that poutine were like, "Nah, bro, you don't want to try it. I'm not. I'm not gonna
0: do it." Well, listen, it's like trying a bagel in New York. I mean, if you're from here, a Montreal bagel is a Montreal bagel. Like a bagel in New York City. Yeah, they're going to give you this whole idea that there's a smaller hole and a bigger surface for cream cheese, but no man, it's just it's not the same thing. It's a big fucking roll.
2: Yeah, 100% like <laughs> it's super overrated. Also, when I was in New York, I tried Joe's Pizza, which is kind of overrated as well. Yeah. I kind of like Montreal pizza better. I don't know. I, I might be biased, but I, I feel like we got some good stuff here.
0: We're and when you go to Europe, like when I went to Italy, it was the same thing. I was I was, I went to Rome expecting to be blown away by the food, and I'm like, nah, it, it was good, but it's yeah. nothing I haven't tasted in Montreal
2: exactly i think we just bought we really got we really do
0: and and i think when you travel and you come back home and that's what happened to me i I traveled all over europe states with music came back and i was like you know what we've got it really good here and that's why i'm staying here as much as i love la you know i live there and it's like a second home for me i'm staying here we got it really good
2: here (laughs) hundred percent
0: uh thanks for taking the time to chat man i really appreciate it um, tell people where they can find out more about you and, when, and what what do you have coming up? I know you dropped the record. Um, what's on the next few months for you? Cool.
2: Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, by the way. So Candyland out now everywhere. Um, I have a remix EP of Candyland coming out soon. I have some videos coming out soon. Um, what else? I'm going to be touring with Apache again. And uh, so that's going to be coming out. You can check me out on all socials. It's Afro Wasiu. Afro W-A-S-I-U. And uh, more TikToks, more fun, lyric videos. I'm working on a lot of things right now. So actually, I have a pretty cool ad campaign coming out pretty soon and that delving into into a different uh, aspect of of marketing. So it's going to be interesting.
0: Looking
1: forward to seeing it. We'll be following it, man. Thanks.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: What a great guy. And also, it's just kind of funny how he throws in how many millions of streams his music gets. It's, You know... Between his view count, his music, I generally sometimes feel a tad uh Tanya Harding leg smashing jealousy to some of these internet celebrities sometimes. But for him, no, I, I definitely yeah. have a lot of respect for what he's uh been able to accomplish and um really glad that he uses so much of his creativity, uh has this new outlet, yeah. you know, just kind of found that. Like I, I understand what it's like when you think of yourself only as a musician and then when you dabble in something else and another thing kind of takes off it's really good to not put yourself in a box and he definitely does not do that
0: no no and he's and he's all over the place and and i love the fact that he's able to succeed in music and succeed in comedy and yeah. it just shows that he's uh, he's a definitely a double threat and he's probably got more talent that we don't know about but definitely someone i think you should you should watch out for uh listen to his new album candyland it's a great record it's a lot of fun. The guy's got lyrical skills. Um, he can throw down with the best of them when it comes to to emceeing, and um, I'm I'm impressed. I'm really really impressed, and I'm glad we got to have him on the show because he kept Julia and I laughing through the pandemic, side splittingly. I would I would be at work and I'd be like, "Have you seen the new Jean Baptiste video?" And she'd be like, "I can't believe he's doing that. It's hilarious." So thank you, Asu for uh, for joining us.
1: I also like how uh, we all three of us agree that some modern hip hop is just doing it wrong.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, listen, I I will talk about this till the cows come home. Yeah. And I know, you know, my kids will tell me that I'm, you know, the old man yelling at a cloud. But um hip hop, hip hop has been in a rough spot. And there are some people that are carrying the flag, carrying the baton to pass on to the next generation. We've had a couple of them on the show. I mean, listen, you know how much I love Denzel Curry. Denzel is one of the best to do it right now. So, um, and she's uh, well, right up there, man. So glad to have him on the show. Uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Uh, thanks to my co-host Ryan Stick. Thank you to our producer Julia Kajerski, who you don't get to see often, and it's a shame because if she's you did the best see her, looking
1: of all three of us. Uh, like I you know, was just going to say, you put me and you together in a handsome contest and just put Julia in there with a fake beard, she would yeah. still win the, the handsome contest. You yes. know? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> our incredible producer and also a very beautiful producer, Julia Kajerski. Um, yeah, we <laughs> should put her. Let's get that picture of her with a beard on. No, let's not do that. But uh, but thank you, Julia, for, uh, for helping us with everything as well, our producer. And uh, thank you to Heartbeat Hot Sauce, the heartbeat of the rockman power hour and uh, we're going to be doing some new stuff with them uh very very soon use our promo code rockman20 to get 20 percent off your entire order our thanks also to studio house designs and uh check them out at studiohousedesigns.com they've got new drops coming all the time and thanks to you for joining us on this journey please like subscribe hit the bell so yeah. you're alerted as to when new episodes drop and uh, we'll see you next time on the rockman power Hour.